What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, Put them together for Thursday on B&A. It's a busy 8 o'clock hour. Go back-to-back with uh, good conversations. Jerry Hamilton inside Texas on the uh, Longhorn Spring Game coming up Saturday. And some guys already uh, heading into the transfer portal, it looks like, off that Texas football roster. Get your details on that in our headlines here coming up. And, of course, the changing face of the Longhorn basketball roster continues to be an ongoing conversation. Uh, We'll talk to Jerry about that, get his predictions on what this uh, roster looks like come the fall. Uh, Also, bottom of the hour, we know the Longhorns have... uh, just came off a five-game and five-day stretch, went 3-2. and two. They're headed to Waco this weekend to take on the Baylor Bears. We'll talk to Coach David Pierce, our weekly visit with the skipper. That I'm going to have to buck on, say, Collier for his attempt at colonoscopy when he called it the colotroscopy. Yeah, he's struggling. Colapology. You know, colonoscopy is not the easiest word to say, but uh, Zay Collier, of course, with Chad in the afternoons was uh, unable. Or was he just? was that just a bit? That wasn't a bit. You he, couldn't say it? Colotroscopy. <laughs> That's a buck off then. That's a buck. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he gave it a try, though. He kept at it and had a couple different names for it. Well, there'd be a I lot just of, called it in there. Up in there. Up in there, yeah. Well, you, you, potentially, I call it potentially saving your life. Correct. And, and getting ahead of a problem. That's what that's Absolutely. about. Absolutely. You, uh, you need to know those things. All so. you men and women out there, when your time comes, don't delay. Do it. Get it done. If you got a history, get it done even sooner. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah, it's a busy uh, Thursday. We're taking your buck-ons and buck-offs, a weekly uh, tradition here on the Horn, who has earned that pat on the back, who has earned the kick in the rear. Uh, mentioned, uh, if you missed it yesterday, our conversation with Moro Ojimo. Got a lot of comments about that from, from folks and tweets, and people enjoyed hearing from Moro. If you missed that conversation or any of our conversations here on the Horn, you can always go back and listen to him on the podcast. We tweet him out. But, man, I was really impressed. We knew Moro was a sharp guy, and uh, we'd, we'd covered him. But, man, to sit with him for 20 minutes yesterday... You want to talk about an elite young guy who, uh, unbelievable. Do you uh, remember when he got in that little bit of a, uh, hot water with? Yeah, I was going to ask him about that yesterday. Remember, well, because he went, they made him available to the media, and he was just honest. Yeah, he can be downright honest. That's well, that's we, one of those honest deals that you're you you'd wish you could get from your players, from your college players that are learning how to grow up a little bit. But sometimes that honesty, I mean, sometimes you don't, you know, you can't handle the truth. You know what I mean? Well, maybe it shook some people a little bit. Because oh, it Moro, did. Moro's a big dude, and he, he spoke his mind. And you, he, if you heard the interview yesterday, if you go listen to it, he's an incredibly mature young man for 21 years old. You said he sound, you're, talking, you're talking about one of my uncles. Yeah. I was <laughs> I mean, about, yeah. He, he sounds like a, a grown man, and he's 21. But he's, he's lived life, right? He lived in, in uh, Nigeria for seven years of his life. He started school in the, when he was three years old. And um, so kindergarten. So he graduated high school at Katy when he was 16. So he enrolled at Texas playing football at 16 years old. Yep. And now here he is going into the NFL at just 21 years old. Safe to say his best football to come. But, yes, he did. He got pretty candid at a media availability and pretty much called out his teammates and said, you know, if we're going to take the next step and get better, this is coming off the 5-7 and seven year. 
basically saying, you know, we we all need to be more mature. We all need to bring it every day. And, sure. Uh, they had a better year, and uh, he thinks the, the the best is coming for Texas. He's really excited about uh, the future, even though he's not going to be a part of it. He'll be in the NFL uh, playing for, for somebody. Uh, let's pick up the headlines. Oh, then we're going to talk to Jerry Hamilton. Go check out that interview at hornfm.com. Let's get you the news. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news, and uh, we'll start with the Longhorns and basketball side. Word late yesterday that Longhorn freshman Dylan Mitchell is declared for the NBA draft for 2023, but like his teammate Tyrese Hunter, he will maintain his college eligibility. That would allow both players to come back and play for the Longhorns next season if they aren't projected to be picked in the two-round NBA draft coming up on June 22nd. To football, Longhorns and Steve Sarkeesian going through their final practice of the spring this morning. That'll be ahead of this Saturday's orange-white scrimmage at DKR. One o'clock the kick time there. Saturday is also the day the NCAA transfer portal reopens for the spring. And according to reports, several current Texas players plan to enter that portal when it does. That would include the speedy wide receiver Brennan Thompson. The two-sports star from Spearman was also on the Longhorn track and field team. Inside Texas reporting, meanwhile, that redshirt freshman defensive end Derek Brown, redshirt freshman linebacker Travell Johnson also entering the portal. Neither player saw any playing time last year. NBA play-in tournament last night, the 9 and 10 seed games, both the 10 seeds. Won those games on the road in Toronto. Zach Levine had 39. DeMar DeRozan, 23. Lead the Bulls past Toronto, 109-105. Bulls will now face Miami tonight. The winner will claim the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference and face uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. In the West, Oklahoma City topped the Pelicans in New Orleans, 123-118. They advanced to face Minnesota. Uh, winner will be the eighth seed and will face the Denver Nuggets. To Major League Baseball, rough night for the homestanding Rangers up in Arlington. They uh, got beat by Kansas City 10-1 as the Royals avoid the sweep. Earlier in the day, Astros took the rubber game of their series in Pittsburgh 7-zip. Jose Urquidy and three relievers combined on a three-hit shutout. Incredible start to the season continues for the Tampa Bay Rays. They beat the Bo Sox last night 9-7. They won 12 in a row to start the season. Outscored their 12 opponents by 65 runs. The Rays are one victory away from tying the all-time record of 13. Owned by two teams, the 82 Atlanta Braves, the 87 Milwaukee Brewers. They will face the Red Sox at just after noon today in Tampa, looking to tie that mark. Round Rock, a 6-0 loser to Tacoma last night. Same two teams tonight on a thirsty Thursday at the Dell Diamond. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a fool this month. Come to Top Gun for great deals on steel lawn equipment and Toro, Hustler, and Gravely Mowers to kick off spring. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Oh boy, we are a pro town now, Buck. Here we go. Buck off to... Austin FC coach Josh Wolf, half hashtag, he's got to go. Oh, boy. Year two, they're ready. Year three. Year, year three. three. Year three, they're ready. Yeah, it's not off to a good start. They were in the Western Conference Finals a year ago. But a lot yes. of soccer to be played. A lot of soccer. And a lot of teams get into the playoffs. They do. And, and But, yes, this is what happened. You know, pro town. You want uh, oh, yeah. coaches fired. I love it. Hey, let's go to the uh, Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. You just heard in the headlines the uh, the assortment of Longhorn news and wanted to talk about that with our friend Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and On3 Sports, and he's with us. Jerry, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you guys? Doing fantastic, Jerry. Hey, let's start with hoops. And, um, you know, not surprising, we said when Tyrese Hunter entered the portal or entered the NBA draft that likely Dylan Mitchell would, would take the same route, and he, he is going to. Both can come back. They're not going to... Uh, um, lose their eligibility. Take us through that process, and what's your what's your thought on the likelihood of, of one or both returning to the Longhorns? Yeah, I think uh, chances are they'll get one of those guys back. I mean, uh, you know, what's interesting about the process is um, I think May 31st is the deadline to uh, pull your name out or right around there. Um, but, you know, it, it's an interesting process because essentially – uh, for a kid like Dylan Mitchell, who let's take him, who's an upside guy, very athletic, right? I think he probably has a little more than 
he got the show this year because he was on a very experienced team. Um, but he did a great job filling in as a, in his role and really trying to do everything he could as a teammate to help Texas win. Um, if he gets a promise from a team, he probably doesn't come back, right? I mean, that's the way this works. If somebody says we are drafting you and we have the seventh pick of the second round and you're going to be pick number whatever it is, 38, 40, whatever it is, and he gets that promise, I'd be surprised, right? I mean, if he comes back, if you don't get a promise, then you got something else to think about. I mean, maybe you, you, maybe your goal is to, you know, the next goal is to go to the G League, uh, make it, make it on the G League roster and develop there when it's basketball twenty four seven versus coming back to college for another year. So that's kind of a kid like that, um, kind of the process he goes through and, and the decisions he has to make. Uh, but I think if he gets a promise, it's an easy decision to stay in the draft, uh, wherever that promise is, if they're okay with that. Um, with Tyrese Hunter, you know, I think this is more like Marcus Carr last year. You know, get some feedback, take advantage of the uh, uh, of the rules, and, and you know, see what happens uh, when you get your workout and get your feedback from NBA teams. And um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't expect him to be a drafted guy, so. I think the chances are decent he comes back to Texas. Uh, Jerry, so you don't see any – there's no problem. You don't feel like there's a problem whatsoever within the program or, you know, these kids came to play for Chris Beard or, you know, they, are they still – are they happy with the new head coach? I mean, you don't see any problems with either one of those kids, right? No, no. I mean, it's just like last year. I mean, remember Marcus Carr, Dylan, too. Sure. I mean, they were in the program and they went through the NBA draft process. I mean, look – at the end of the day, these kids aren't coming to college to spend four years in college. Not a single one of them. Mm. Maybe, you know, not the highly ranked kids, right? You guys know these guys want to be pros, sure. right? So they're going to test those waters, and they're going to do everything they can do under the rules to test those waters and get feedback. Um, I don't see it any different than Dylan DeSue, Marcus Carr, except here's the difference. I think Dylan Mitchell could get a promise to be a second-round pick. He's got a high upside. Texas fans are like, what's this guy doing? That's not how this goes. <laughs> I mean, this goes with what can what are these guys seeing five years down the road with right. Dylan Mitchell? Yeah, and they can put him in the G League now, which is a, a better developmental level than yeah. than it's ever been, and uh, he can make some money. Right. And uh, we'll 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 follow that. Uh, it is interesting. Marcus Carr and Dylan DeSue did do it last year. Dylan DeSue is an interesting name. Give me your thoughts on his potential return. And then, were you surprised? Uh, we know Rowan Brumbaugh is going to transfer out to Georgetown. He was from the East Coast and going back. Uh, and then Arterio Morris, who are surprised to see him into the portal or not? Yeah, I think uh, chances are pretty good. Dylan comes back for another year. Um, um, I think he's just got you know just got to stay healthy. That's his big thing. But I, I think good chance he comes back for another year. Rowan Brombaugh, that was a, you know that one doesn't surprise me. You know he kind of red he redshirted last year. Obviously he was a Chris Beard recruit. Um, I'm not sure. You know I, I think Texas may want a little more athleticism. Um, or size combination. Um, so that one didn't really surprise me. Arterio Morris has always been a wild card. He was a wild card throughout his recruiting process, all of it. Um, you know, uh, I think when his AAU coach, Big E, uh, passed away, that took a real key voice away from Arterio in, in, in his circle. And um, so am I surprised by that? No, I'm not surprised by that. There, there had been chatter about him early in the season. I mean, it began early in the season because, you know, I think what's interesting, guys, about basketball is um, not the guy. I know we have a time limit here, but it's interesting. You know, the, the five-star kids with one-and-done expectations, the college games change because of the portal. Um, so it, it's very interesting to see how these kids and they're really their circles 
kind of navigate the process. Now, if you're that top 20 ranked guy and you're, you're thinking I'm a one and done guy and you go into an experienced team, the likelihood is you aren't going to be the first, second, third, fourth scoring option on those teams. So it, it's going to be interesting moving forward, kind of the college game, how these guys recruit to that. Um, and, and I think you have to be really careful with some of these top 20 type of kids who see themselves as one and done guys because the reality is and the, the portals change the college game. They're, these teams are not young anymore. No. They're experienced now. Uh, Jerry, uh, and moving on to the to the football and the portal and, and what that's all about, I, I mean, I kind of see that as a little bit different. You know, I, I see three couple guys at University of Texas that will be entering the portal, but I, I expect to see more after the spring game. I, I've got to believe that, you know, as you start recruiting the type of players, these five stars and four stars now, the ones that are threes that – understand how difficult it is to they want to play they don't want to be here hanging around till their senior year just like sort of like basketball you know those kids want to get going and whether they make it to the nfl or not because everybody has aspirations as you say for the nba or the nfl they want to play at least to get an opportunity to do that and if you're behind somebody it there just comes a time where you got to go you know or you just get your you know do you see that happening here at university of texas now I see it happening everywhere. Um, yeah, and, and look, I think I, I think it's not a bad thing. Um, I, I think that if you if Texas is recruiting over, so right. to speak, some kids, that's a good thing for Texas. And where the portals change that is, you know, you have a couple of guys that come in in the portal, and you know, if you're a second teamer, man, now you're bumped to third, and the writing's pretty much on the wall right. um, for some of the guys. So yeah, I, I think it's a good thing. I, I think it's healthy for your roster. I think it's healthy for your program. Um, if you're winning, let's say, if you're winning and you're ascending as a program, I, I think it's a healthy thing uh, because look, the reality is for, you know, for for Texas right now, they've signed two top five classes in a row, and they're getting starters out of the portal now. That's a game changer when you're recruiting top five classes and getting starters out of the portal. If you're not a second-team guy, man, you're looking up. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a tough one. Yeah, and the Longhorns still not done in the portal, right? They're hosting a defensive tackle out of Minnesota, the Minnesota Gophers, uh, this weekend, who's going to be in that portal. Talk about that process where the Longhorns are looking to add pieces where they may be thin at a spot or two. Yeah, and I think that's you're looking at the, uh, defensive line and edge. I, I think that's really what – if an edge kid popped in the portal – that could be a five, six, seven sack type of guy, a guy that disrupts the passing game um, off the edge. I, I think Texas would have real interest in that type of player. Uh, Trill Carter, I think, you know, look, that's, that's a – Texas, I think, if Buck, it'd be interesting to see what everybody thinks after this game. I think Texas' interior to defensive line is going to be better as a pass rushing unit, disrupting, maybe getting behind the chains. But I'm not sure they're going to be as good as a run-stopping unit next year. So I think a guy like Trill Carter, who's more of that undersized guy, but he's really strong at the point of attack, six foot two eighty-five. He could fill maybe that, you know, some of those snaps as a run-stuffing guy, helping against the run. Uh, because you know, when you look at that position, uh, Alan Collins is really kept coming on. If that guy comes close to maximizing his potential, he's an NFL draft pick. If he does, he hasn't looked like it in a few games his freshman year. Uh, but but I. He's a disruptor. Byron Murphy's a disruptor. So I think they have a chance to be more of a disruptive group, but that deep tackle position, if there's somebody who could hold up the POA at the POA and, and help you in the run game, I think that kind of is attractive detective. But really it's the edge position for me. If they find somebody that can really help, 
I think they're going to go after him. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Jerry Hamilton with us inside Texas on three sports. What's uh, when you're watching the spring game or at the spring game on Saturday? What are uh, what are your eyeballs going to be focused on most? Obviously the game itself, but what in particular will will garner the most of your attention? Yeah, you know, I think one is a little bit of the running backs because you don't get to see much in the practice. The media set, the media open windows. Um, Cedric Baxter, Savion Red. I think you know, you know, Jonathan Brooks is still limited. I want to see Cedric Baxter. I want to see Savion Red. I'm really high on Savion Red at running back. And I'm not saying I'm higher on him than Brooks and Baxter, but I think they found something there. And I think that was a great move. I think he's got running back feet, running back frame, built like Selvin Young, got really good contact balance, uh, runs with some aggression. Um, so I, I want to see those guys uh, in, in full pads in a spring game setting. Um, and, and the wide receiver position, A.D. Mitchell, I mean, you know, the one of the things I look at is, you know, Quinn, Quinn is obviously a big discussion. He's going to be more comfortable. It's year two in a system. It's year two in college. Um, so, but I want to see, do the guys make plays for him in the spring game? Everybody remembers last year when Ewers and Nayor, Isaiah Nayor, connected on that deep ball. It got people really excited, right? Then when Nair got hurt, you're kind of like, hmm, Texas doesn't really have anybody like that. that can. But I want to see a back shoulder play made by a wide receiver. Some of the plays that were lacking last year that help a quarterback out. It's not always the quarterback making perfect throws. Guys have to help him too. Uh, so that's what I want to see. I'm not, I think depth on the offensive line is going to be obvious. And then the edge kids. What young guys, you know, is it Ethan Burke with 20 pounds on his frame? Is Jamon Tapp ready to take a step? How good does Colton Vosick look as an early enrollee? Um, because Ethan Burke's kind of taken reps from Justice Finkley, from what we've heard. So that position as well. And then obviously young linebacker, Ant Hill, Anthony Hill, Leon LaFowl. Um, that's, those are pretty much the things for me. Um, I think for Texas fans, they're going to walk, they're going to walk in the DKR and they're going to see a team that is bigger and that looks more like an SEC football team. That is the takeaway I've had from anybody who's been around this spring. Bigger and faster, and that was Sark's goal. Sark wanted, uh, when he got here, he, he saw a team that was probably a little undersized up front and maybe a little bit too big and slow on the outside. He's gone about changing that. Last thing I want to ask you, Jerry, is the, the, Brennan, uh, the Brennan Thompson decision, the kid from Spearman, the speedster who's been running track, he's going to be in the portal. Does that surprise you that uh, you, know, you talked about the healthy for the program, but it felt like this was a guy that uh, just has that elite speed. Any surprise that he may be uh, looking elsewhere? Um. You know, no, because there's just limited opportunities um, last year um, for him. And, you know, I think there was just kind of a feeling that on his end that, you know, maybe he didn't feel like he was going to have a place in the offense long term. So, um, no, it doesn't surprise me. We've been hearing uh, on Inside Tech, we've been hearing a lot of chatter about that one uh, for the last couple of months. So it doesn't surprise me. You know, you kind of wish he would – you could always find a way to use that speed. Uh, but that speed's also got to produce uh, on on the football field. Yeah, it's got to be at practice, not track practice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, uh, G, appreciate you doing it, and uh, always appreciate the coverage and the content uh, over at Inside Texas and on 3 Sports. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Jerry. You got it, guys. See you guys. All right, we'll see Jerry at the spring game. That's coming up 1 o'clock. Uh, several people have asked, is it on TV? Yes, I think the LHN will be carrying it. It's certainly going to be right here on the Horn Live with Craig and the Call, our pregame show. We're going full board. Before, you know, pregame starts at 11, so two hours of pregame coverage with myself and Rod and Harge, and then uh, Craig will have the call. We have a postgame show after the game, so uh, just like the Longhorns are treating it like a game day with Bevo Boulevard and all the uh, uh, the activity, we're doing the same here on the Horn uh, to bring you 
the spring game. The orange-white scrimmage, 1 o'clock on Saturday. It is free and open to the public, so we'll certainly see you out there, and we'll be talking about it next week for sure. Coming back, we're going to talk baseball. Longhorns uh, will head up I-35 to Waco, take on the Baylor Bears this weekend. We'll have our weekly visit with the head coach of the Texas baseball program, David Pierce. That's coming next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mornings with Bucky and Aaron. Taking your Buckons and Buck Offs on a Thursday. Appreciate Jerry Hamilton weighing in. We talked some golf with Omar Uresti earlier. Now it's time to talk some baseball. Longhorn baseball team. They played uh, 35 games now. They're 24 and 11. They've gone 20 and 4 in their last 24 games. And they head to Waco this weekend to take on the Baylor Bears in a Big 12 series starting tomorrow night. And it's a big weekend in the Big 12. Longhorns are in Waco. West Virginia will be at Oklahoma State. Texas Tech is at OU on the road against the Sooners. K-State is at Kansas. And uh, TCU drops out of conference to play UNC Wilmington. So the Longhorns have an opportunity against the Bears. Let's go to the Vaqueros hotline and our weekly visit with the skipper, the head coach of the Longhorn baseball team. He is David Pierce. Coach, good morning. Good morning, Aaron. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. How are you, how's your team? I, I can imagine uh, maybe getting a couple of days off is a good thing after five games in five days through the Easter weekend. Yeah, yesterday was probably the lightest practice we've had since I've been here. Um, we just we went out, had a short BP fungo, and uh, had a coach's game with our subs in, on the field and pitchers BP against them. So it was a pretty light day, kind of catch our breath out in shorts and just uh, – Regrouping mentally and physically, and getting ready for Baylor. Uh, Coach, the the five game stretch. What'd you learn about your team? You had you know in a, in a situation like that because of the weather, and you had to move the Easter weekend series to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you already had already scheduled two games with Texas State, who's a good ball club. Uh, what'd you learn about your club? You had to have some guys at the back end, uh, maybe your your chart there, uh, step in and step up into big spots. Yeah, I think when you look at our schedule, you look at the first month of it and. It's always real difficult, whether it's uh, the teams we play, if we're on the road, if it's a neutral site, or even um, just back-to-back double midweeks. Uh, things like that kind of prepare you for uh, the unknown, something that could happen along the season. And it's kind of what happened to us this past weekend. You know, we're normally scheduled Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the Easter holiday. And then because of that, a Monday, Tuesday uh, double midweek with Texas State, and then it just backed up on us. So, yeah, it, it put us in a little uh, difficulty. Even going over there, going to Texas State Monday, we really had to rely on some guys uh, like Kobe Minchie who stepped up and uh, guys that just came came back on, from maybe not as good of outings like Chris Stewart did really well. Good to see him come back. Heston Toll gave us three good innings. So, we were leaning on some guys there that have been in the mix but just hadn't been in, extended as much except for Kobe. And uh, so that was that was important for us to get that win. And, you know, and then we go back. I thought Bogey threw well early uh, Tuesday. Just a couple of pitches here and there that made the difference. And they did a good job of coming in here and 
uh, preparing to play us at our place. And so, yeah, I, I think what we really learned is that we have some durability, that we have uh, some resiliency. Uh, K-State played really well against us. Um, ran against a, you know, we had to come from behind Friday night and uh, did a great job of coming from behind. We went down 5-1 in the eighth and went, uh, EK got a, 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 a bunt single. Then we went double, 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 triple, uh, and a great sack fly from uh, 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 Tanner Carlson with two strikes. And so I, I like the, the fight, the continued, the ability to continue to play the game throughout the game. And and then Monday we, we, we saw some guys come off the bench and help us. So a lot of good stuff, uh, just trying to build some at-bats, build some innings as we get closer to May. Now, I mean, Coach, and also the the fact, as you say, du- uh, uh, durability, you also see some accountability by some young guys that, that all of a sudden, here these are your opportunities. These are your opportunities to show us wh- what you're all about in, in these types of uh, baseball games. And, I mean, that's good to see well, whether it's win, lose, or draw. I mean, it's still good to see. It's not like having the same practices against each other. You're actually in ball games playing. Yeah, and it's completely different. Uh, as you know, Bucky, it's just – uh, the outside competition is going to change the uh, guys. Either they're going to step up or mm-hmm. uh, they're going to get very nervous. And so you start finding that out. And we've got some guys that are not starters having 20 to 50 at-bats. And so they're getting more and more comfortable coming off the bench, which is a hard thing to do. Or come in late in the game and play defense and finish a game. And, you know, we're trying to get our bullpen solidified of how we want to utilize it and, uh, starting to see things there actually work for us as well. I was at the game down at Texas State on Monday night, Coach, and Kobe Minchie was really impressive. I said when I saw the roster lineup card come out, I was like, "Well, who's that?" And he went to the mound and uh, was hitting mid nineties and uh, threw three great innings for you. That that had to be a pleasant surprise, and uh, had to dig in a little bit and learn that Kobe didn't play. He was homeschooled and didn't play uh, high school baseball. He was just playing select ball and when and homeschooled. His father was a major league pitcher and a professional pitcher. Uh, uh, what did you think of his stuff on Monday night? Well, I thought it was outstanding. He he only pitched one inning going into that start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, you're on the road, big environment. You never really know how they're going to respond. But, and I was telling Craig Wade this the other day, it's not one of those things where, hey, let's just try Kobe, uh, see how he does today. Every Wednesday we have what's called our extra period. And so pitchers that don't have, haven't logged a lot of innings and, and hitters that haven't had as many at-bats, go head-to-head every Wednesday. And so we start calculating and looking at these guys, thinking, all right, I like what I see here. Um, He's getting closer. Mentally, he's in a good spot. And so that's what gives him that opportunity to to get that start, not just, hey, we're thin on pitching right now. Let's try Kobe. So he, he earned the right to have that start by his work and then by his previous inning that he had a week before that. Before we preview the Baylor Bears coach in this series this weekend, uh, what's your health like? I mean, we 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 gave us the update on Tanner Witt last week, which was great. Uh, But the ball club's, you know, 35 games in, as I mentioned, and uh, you're feeling pretty good about where you are health-wise. Yeah, David Shaw will be back this weekend. We we rested him last week. Uh, We just felt like he needed some rest, did that with him. Um, Chris Stewart looks like uh, he's getting more and more comfortable. Uh, position players, we're in pretty good shape right now. Uh, I don't see any guy that we feel like is down um, 
you know, our outfield play has been tremendous. Uh, our infield play has been excellent. And, you know, keeping Garrett healthy has been so critical by bringing Ryland Galvan along. And Ryland's caught one to two games a week, and he's learned a lot, but he's also relieved Garrett so much to be able to keep him healthy and give him that sustainability as well. So I think we're in pretty good shape, health wise. Uh, it sounds like it for sure. And uh, Dylan Campbell, real quick, coach, because you know he got up to a bit of a slow start with the batting average, but was getting on base and making things happen, playing that great defense in the outfield. He seems to throw everybody out. Uh, but now the batting average starting to rise since conference play has hit. He's really getting it turned around. And uh, what have you seen uh, that's been the key for for Dylan Campbell to get things cranked up? Well, we can go back to when he wasn't getting hits and he was getting on base a lot with the base on ball and. I think that's such a mature approach when you have a hitter that's not having success with the batting average, but still has the ability to be patient in the box and draw walks. Uh, And he did that. And now you're starting to see his bat heat up. And so if you combine those two and him really not expanding the zone and still taking the walk is so critical for him. And, And I just, I attribute Dylan's ability to work slow in the box where He's never jumpy. He sees the ball well because of that and allows him to make good decisions. Struggling in Waco, Coach. First-year head coach there, and uh, their, their pitching has struggled, but it seems like they're, they're getting better. And, and uh, you know, So don't just look at the record of 12 and 21 and 4 and 8, but the last couple of weekends they've played well and been, been formidable in Big 12 play. What's your scouting report on the Bears? Well, I always do a stat comparison for us and the team we're getting ready to go against. And, uh, if you only look at stats, you're going to go, oh, Texas is a lot better. But that's not the case at all because, like you said, they started very slow, new team, new uh, new staff, and you can start to see them coming together. They won their first series against K-State at home. Uh, then they lost two series on the road, and then they win the series at home against Oklahoma. So this is a team that's continuing to get better. They've played really well at home. So – you know, we are no no way in any position to take anyone lightly. And so we've got to be prepared, go in there and play our best baseball to win. Looking forward to it, Coach. Three yep. games this weekend. And the Longhorns, we said, sit atop the Big 12 at 6-3 and three percentage-wise and percentage points ahead of TCU and Oklahoma State, who are 7-5. and five. Uh, this, is a, this, this race in the Big 12, Coach, uh, I, I read an article this week that says it might be the fewest wins for the champion of the regular season because uh, everybody is uh, you know, pretty even right now, and you guys are sitting atop that conference. Uh, so looking forward to this one with Baylor, who's down there at 4-8. and eight, But as you said, getting better and playing well at home. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Coach. All right. Always a pleasure seeing you guys or hearing you guys and uh, appreciate the support. Hook 'em horns. Hook 'em horns. Thank you, Coach David Pierce, every Thursday at 8 30. And uh, there we go. There's the scouting report. Yeah, Baylor really got off to a tough start pitching. Like they were giving up double digit runs a game, it felt like early in the game, early in the season. But Sounds like a new staff. And they've gotten one of their best pitchers back from, from, from an injury. And uh, they're more formidable than they were early, uh, and that's what the Longhorns have. The Longhorns are still the better team. This is a series where you you feel like you need to win the series at least and maybe get out of there if you can with all three and uh, put yourself in a really good spot in Big 12 play. But uh, you got to go game by game, inning by inning. We know that as they get this thing going. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, as everything's happening uh, 
here down on the 40 acres for the spring game and all the activities on the 40 acres that they're bringing. The Longhorns will be on the road. Down the road. Up, up there the road. Waco. Hey, coming up, we're going to hit our salacious gossip and your blitz. Yesterday was fun. Let's do that again. Also, in gossip, did you see uh, Colt McCoy has a new gig? Colt McCoy. The uh, Lifetime Longhorn has a new job. And uh, we'll tell you what that is coming up, and we'll have some fun with some gossip as well. Then your blitz, it's being on the horn. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just gossip. It's brought to you by the Icy Cold Frosty Bud Lights, the official domestic beer partner of your Texas Longhorns, the Texas Exes and the Texas OU game, and the spring game on Saturday. Tailgate time. Tailgate time. Get after it. Your last chance to uh, tailgate before a football game until September will be coming on Saturday, so make sure you take advantage of that. Weather looks great. We'll be on Bevo Boulevard live at 11 o'clock. I think Bevo gets cranked up at about 9 a.m. Goes all day, so uh, do it with the icy cold Bud Lights. It'll be a lot of fun. Hey, I mentioned uh, Colt McCoy has another job outside of just being the Arizona Cardinals backup quarterback. Colt McCoy has been hired to be a color analyst on USFL broadcasts. Going to TV, Buck. There you go. Way to go, Colt. Go, Colt. He says he's never done it before. He's looking forward to it. He's going back to the Cardinals for a 14th NFL season. 14 years. Awesome. Wow. Remember how rough it started for Colt when he was Cleveland Brown and getting his head knocked in. And then remember he won that game on Monday Night Football with the Giants, beat the Cowboys, and it really oh, yeah. saved him. You know, and he just played so well, and he's been locked in as a backup quarterback ever since. Pretty good gig for Colt McCoy. It's a nice gig. For sure. And now he's going to go do some TV. He's already planning for the future. Sounds like he wants to do TV when he gets out. And Isn't he still in all the donut stores? I think so. Bought a bunch of the Dunkin', Dunkin's donut shops or whatever. And it's as an investment. So uh, Colt doing doing things the right way as usual. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all right. Salacious Gossip Buck. Um, have you ever stolen anything? You ever shoplifted? Not stolen anything. Shoplifted from a store. Taking something. When I was a kid, yes, I did. Uh, Happy Jack, you don't seem like the shoplifting type. I'm, I couldn't do it. I'm a coward. Uh, a recent poll says uh, one third of Americans say they have shoplifted at one time. Uh, if you're an adult and you're shoplifting, you're a degenerate. No, Let's just that's say that. Problem, right? I mean, come on now. Um, but I will admit, I shoplifted as a kid. We used to we we used to go to the mall, Buck. You know when they would drop you off at the mall, your mm-hmm. parents would, and you just spend the day. Especially where I grew up in Houston, it was so damn hot in the summer. You'd either go to the swimming pool. Or drop us off at the mall, and we'll just walk around the mall and cause trouble. And yeah, we would always see if we get out of there with a, something we took. Yeah, I knowingly did it. I Me mean, too. I really knowingly Me did too. it. I took an old vest and changed it for a new vest and put it on and walked out. Dang! That was the only thing. That's the only thing that I've ever taken like that. I did that one time. I felt so horrible about it. Did I take it back? No. We used to try to get out of the mall, and then we would compare who had the the boldest lift. That was when I was like 12 or 13, but then that stopped, and you don't do it. No. I also remember one time I was in a, in a store with my mom. The, back, in, back in Ohio, there's a place called Gold Circle. It was kind of like Target back in the day. And somehow I, I took this, they had this Dallas Cowboys ring. Mm-hmm. I put it on my hand, and I just ended up in the car with it. And I was like, oh, Mom, look, I forgot to. So my mom made me take it back in there. I had to take it back in there. And oh, give it to there was those sunglasses that I lifted once. Oh, no. Yes, and then the uh, detective came out of the store in his car and before he got out of the car, I slid the sunglasses underneath his his car. Yeah. And he told me, left pocket. And he reached in there, and I'm like, surprise, there ain't anything in there. <laughs> and instead of driving his car forward, he backed it up. Oh. And there were the sunglasses. And I took off, and I ran, and I jumped into... Were you a kid then? Yes, I was a kid. I jumped into a 
a pen filled with dogs. Somebody said, didn't the Bucks steal mulch from Home Depot one time? Oh, <laughs> stop that. No, 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 no. It was all paid for. That's funny. Uh, somebody said the Willowbrook Mall. That's correct. A Willowbrook, Willowbrook Mall. Mall. That was just opening. We moved to Houston. And, uh, yeah, that's where we hung out to get some air conditioning and cause trouble. Because we never wanted to go over to Guns Point Mall. That was not not okay. That was the nearest, <laughs> next nearest mall down on 45. Didn't go there, huh? Guns Point Mall when I was in middle school and high school. You got caught still in that. You're going to jail for 10 years. No. There's just gang activity there. You know oh. what I'm saying? There's gang activity over there. They were there. taking it from you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. Let's get to your Blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. All right, Buck, go ahead and Here take it. Here we go. We'll, we'll get, we'll get Apple we'll on get the way out. Apple Yeah, we, we did that just before, too. First Blitzer, you're up. Oh, that's oh, great Then hang in there. All right, next Blitzer, you're up. Quit screwing it up, guys. Hey, tell me at one point in time you didn't want to take a bag of ice or a case of beer that's left outside of the 7-Eleven. <gasps> oh, I forgot we did Wahoo beer one time. I was taking beer from, beer from my dad, taking that... That's that, your dad's beer. Oh, that's, that's right. It's not shoplifting. That's not shoplifting. All right, next Blitzer, you're up. Hello, Blitzer. With the 25th pick in the NFL draft, the New York Football Giants select B. John Robinson. Oh, no. What do they need with him? They got Saquon. Now Saquon's maybe not going to gonna uh-uh. sign his, his tag and all that kind of stuff. Maybe they'll do it. Next Blitzer, you're up. Coach. Yes. Two things for you. First thing, I can't wait till Saturday to watch Quinn throw them bombs. Oh, second boy. thing. Second thing, is it true that uh, you liked your procedure so much Monday that you did it Tuesday as well? That's no. why you were out two days? No, you can't do that. You don't double up on that. You can't I couldn't fight that feeling for sure. Next Blitzer, you're up. Episode four. Season three, I mean, episode four, wait a minute. Season four, episode three of Secession, epic, intense, riveting, oh. serious, thespian workmanship. I had to re my dinner. Agreed. Wow, he's got them all. Next That's Blitzer. Good, good episode. Next Blitzer, you're up. San Antonio Spurs, another year not making the playoffs. There's a lot of cowboy run not making playoffs. They're trying to get that lottery ball. <laughs> got to get it. Next blitzer, you're up. All I got to say is Texas better get it together with this basketball transfer portal. I'm missing out on a lot of good players. Come on, Rodney. I believe in you. <gasps> got to get those players. Next blitzer, you're up. With a franchise that has a winningest coach named Bill O'Brien, nobody cares about the Texans whether they pick one or two because they'll still find a way to screw it up. That's been proven. They won't screw up this year. A lot of body of work now. No. Next, Blitzer, you're up. Yeah. Looks like Jimbo's players still can't stay off that read in College Station. Terrible. Jimbo. Jimbo's got to get some wins on the board. They do have a a key offensive lineman transferring. All right, let's shut her down there, there, Jack Farrell. It's a big year for them. It's a big year for Jimbo. I'm hoping, like, not hoping. I'm, I'm anticipating that there could be, like, a... Kevin Gilbride, Buddy Ryan moment on the sidelines when Jimbo just punches Bobby Petrino in the face, or vice versa. 
Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, someone, I got to take. I'm playing. I'm calling the plays. I'm calling now. plays. Yeah. No, I'm calling plays. <laughs> this is going to be great. That <laughs> was a Sunday night football game when Buddy Ryan slugged Kevin Gilbride right in the right in the face. Can't be doing that on the sidelines, no. but it happened. Only in Houston, Bob. Only in Houston can that happen. Or maybe at Aggieland. We'll come back. We'll pick it up. Hear more from Steve Sarkeesian on the, uh, as they are having their final practice of spring practice today, getting ready for that spring game. We'll hear from Sark. We'll hear from you. We'll talk about the play-in games last night in the NBA. And what do you do with Zion Williamson in the New Orleans Pelicans? He was a healthy scratch last night in a must-win game, and they lost. And the heck they're going to do with Zion? It's B&E on the horn.